I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shanderoel, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the SC Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. I am absolutely reeling for the teams that have just dropped. You know each week we record about half hour to an hour straight after the teams drop, and I can't believe it. I've just seen. I thought they'd be um, pretty placid, pretty normal sort of sides, not too, too much out of the weekend. Absolute carnage. Uh, joining us today is 2019 champion Des Creek. Des, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well as always, Timmy. But, um, yeah, obviously a bit shocked at the team list, but it's actually not looking too bad for my team, even though I missed the uh, Nathan Cleary boat last week. So I had a pretty poor round. But, yeah, the good news is I'm bringing him in this week for the uh, injured Cole Flanagan because I just can't stand not having him any longer. Mate, you've, you were just talking about it off air. You've been pretty unlucky this year. Um, you could say maybe you haven't targeted the big scoring players as well as you could have. It was the same story on the weekend. You scored pretty well, but you didn't have Nathan Cleary in there and it just dropped you back, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just the way it goes. It's the nature of the game. You've got to absorb the information in front of you and adapt. Also joining us today is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? How'd the side go? Yeah, good boys. Um, I'm holed up indoors at the moment. The young fella's a bit crook, so we had to go get our first COVID test and we can't leave the house until we get that back. So luckily I've got some teamless drama to get me through, I reckon. Um, so I might be still inside till tomorrow night. But knocked out 12.50 on the weekend. Momentum's pretty good heading into sort of the start of the back half of the year. Um, and I had a quick look at the injury carnage and the resting carnage of team lists, and the team's looking okay this weekend, although I may be playing the hammer in my side, which always worries me, but uh, we'll get to that as we go through. But all going well, boys. Yeah, he does have a nice matchup this week, the hammer, but, you know, he, he could score seven, he could score 170. You never know with him. That's it. Um, as the mighty Stallion's got another little jump this week, a little bit of a boost, 1286 into 46 overall. So in with a sniff at the top prize, but I, I think the top couple um, leading the way are out in front by a little bit, so might need a few pods to claw us back. Um, quick shout-out to the members of the SC Playbook group. We've currently got 10... 10 of our members in the top 100. Uh, to leading the way is a bloke who's done it pretty well the whole year. I think he's been top of it since just about round one. He's Juice Gorillas in 10th place. The Roosters Packer in 12th. The White Wombats in 16th. And a shout-out to uh, the Triple Jacket Mafia. That's Mike from the uh, the better half of the Mike and Sav podcast, uh, sitting up there pretty high in 82nd as well. So serious effort from the SC Playbook group, and hopefully we can get a few into the, the top five or even the top three by season's end. Uh, lads, we're going to take a look now, a uh, very, very important topic, which we've been meaning to get to for a few weeks. We'll do it this week. It's the run home for the head-to-head finals. Obviously, it's extremely important for overall. It's extremely important for draft because they have finals as well. Um, so relevant all around, but the big one is for those head-to-head finals um, You know, where you're looking at you'll need a few trades in hand to target them, particularly um, people in the knockout finals. Um, basically, what I've done is – and, and the spy is going to have an article on this during the week with a bit more in-depth and a bit more detail that you can have a look at. But I've looked at the last four rounds of the comp for and the opposition for every team. Um, basically, if you were coming 
top four and you were versing one of them sides, you'd get one point um, for your run home. Um, if you're coming 13th to 16th, it'd be four points as far as difficulty goes and basically just made a rough idea, get a rough gauge of who has the best and worst runs coming home. The best sides are Manly, Penrith, Titans, Storm and Eels who have really friendly runs. The worst, this is in order by the way, the Tigers, the Roosters, the Sharks and the Warriors. Tigers have a savage run home. Um, I'll start with you, Des. Have you had a a bit of a look into it and the guys that you might be looking to either target or offload as a result of these draws? Yeah, so I had a brief look at total points and averages for the season, like say the top 20, 30 players – and I just sort of picked out a couple, a handful of guys um, who are just massive odds in terms of ownership and price. And I've nailed it down to Tohu Harris and Junior Paulo. They're the two guys who are like in the top 10 for points and average. I think they're just, they're pretty much must-haves at this point, even though the Warriors run isn't that good. Tohu and Tavanga, pretty much both must-haves for mine for the run home. Paulo as well, just on the minutes he's on, he's just he's an absolute wrecking ball. Um, you can't stop him. Um, and I also really like Jakey Trebojevic, um, John Bateman, and Sean Lane in the second row for pods. Yep. And at halfback, I've nailed Cherry Evans. Um, I think he's just directing Manly around. In a team that got absolutely pumped, he still managed like an incredibly good supercoach score last week, so that's got to tell you something. Yeah, freaking oath, mate. Um, some serious players to target there. Anyone based on the runs that you're thinking, you know, might be guys that you'd be looking to offload as a result of the draw? Um, haven't really looked into it that far yet. Yep. Um, no, I haven't. That's right, mate. And Spy, what have you got for us? Lads, I've got a few notes here. I just sat down before the pod went to air and had a bit of a look into this to get things moving. And my notes say basically this, Melbourne have a hell of a run. Um, you have to be aware that if they're sitting comfortable first or second come those last few weeks, there's always the risk that guys like Munster and Cam Smith may be rested. Um, just the way the year's going, there's a lot of games in a row, so just be aware of that. But guys like Pappenhausen for the last four weeks, Addo Carr, Vunavalu, if they've got a soft draw and they're murdering teams late in the year, we'll know by then how they're travelling, they could be worth a target late in the season. Maybe someone like Jerome Hughes. So it's really a wait and see on those guys, though, because we'll get plenty of time to look at it and how Melbourne's going. Penrith and the Eels, as you mentioned, have really nice runs. All I'll say on those teams are that if you're a head-to-head player, they both play each other. So Penrith versus the Eels in week two of head-to-head finals. So you wouldn't want to have too many guys, especially in the backs, because that could be a brutal local derby potentially and it could be difficult to score. But if you're if you're an overall player, it doesn't matter as much because the three, three of the four weeks are really good, so they should catch that up. But if you had someone like – I own Micah Sevo at the moment, but if I was playing someone in a head-to-head final – week two, and they were playing the Panthers, I'd be very wary of playing Sevo. Whereas if I'm just targeting overall, you'd back Sevo to catch that up in the in the two weeks after that. But that's going to be an interesting watch, and I think Nathan Cleary would be a must-have because even in tougher games, he scores well through involvement and base, but it's those outside backs that you might want to have a look at for that second week of head-to-head finals. <clears throat> One team I'm looking at is the, the Chooks, the Sydney Roosters. The last two weeks are pretty easy, so I'll be having a huge look at their wingers. I already own Ikevalu, but we don't know, given injuries, who their wingers are going to be, but they could be fighting for a top-four finish. I know that they'll want to be peaking towards finals, so I think Roosters outside backs and even halves could be massive in the last two weeks if you want to look that way. For the Newcastle Knights, Ponga's got a really nice run home. But again, in week two of head-to-head finals, he plays the Chooks. So that's a little risky. But the good thing about Ponga is he has a pretty good base because he's running the ball a lot at the moment. But he could flourish outside of that game. I agree with Bateman, Desi. He's um, he's actually coming into my side this week. I'm just going to get into him. Raiders have a nice run home, plenty to play for, and the bike's a warrior. And especially under the new rules, could be enormous. But my big one, ladies and gentlemen, is Tommy Trevojevic. If he comes back healthy, well, if he comes back at all, they have the best run home. They're going to be fighting for the eight. He could be absolute super coach gold. And you know what? I'd be happy to take the risk on him. If he does a hemi again, he does a hemi, but he could just go mental. Yeah, really like them all. 
uh, we'll just say with the Roosters, really good draw for the Supercoach preliminary final and grand final. Yeah. In the first week of finals, first and second week of finals, they have the Raiders and Knights. Um, we don't really know where the Knights will be at, but they've shown to be resilient this year. The Raiders, we know, will get up for that game. Um, so Roosters, I can one to tell it for back end of the finals. Um, and you're right, Tommy Chaboyevich, everyone's going to be eyeing him off um, when they come. The ones that I like, yeah, I had Tommy at the top of my list as well. Stephen Crichton, the biggest ball hog on the planet. Yeah. Um, there's a bit there's some stiff competition there, but he's right up there. He's absolutely killed poor old Joshy Mansour. But with Penless Run, I like Crichton. I don't mind Mansour, even though he's, he's averaging about 50 over the past four or five weeks, which is what we saw at the start of the year. down massively. Um, and then with Parramatta's draw, I like guys like Sevo, Mitch Moses, and Brown, but purely on those match-up games. So, like, for example, you touch by on the Panthers game, I wouldn't be playing any three of those in that game, but their other three weeks are really nice, so I'd be looking to play them in those sort of ones. Guys that I'm worried about, um, he's a guy I actually brought in last week, and that's David Nofaluma. The Tigers' draw is just absolutely savage. Pretty well from after next week, they have the most brutal run home. Um, so Nofa, I'll be giving a few weeks um, and just seeing how he goes and, you know, if he's, if he's warrants holding or not. I do think he will because his base is so good, but yeah. tough run home for the Tigers. Um, SJ and uh, I don't own Sione Katoa, but guys that I think with the Sharks, pretty tough draw. Um, SJ's a guy that I might look to make a bit of a pod play and trade out for maybe a Moses or a Brown or one of them guys. <clears throat> so that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, boys, just quickly, I'll jump in there. I agree with you, Tim. I forgot to mention SJ. Um, he's got a pretty good draw, but those last two weeks could be savage. So you can just kind of assess when it comes how good his form is at that stage and how the Sharks are going. The other thing I think it's important to mention is, although we've got a million trades this year, they're still not unlimited. And for myself, I had a look today. If I trade every week two trades for the rest of the year, I'll actually run out for the last two rounds. So in that case, you'd basically be carrying your team through the last two weeks and you won't be able to target anyone. So if any of these weeks come up, boys, where you can save a trade, it could be worth doing because that could be a trade from like a last week grand final play where you can bring someone in, whereas whereas your opponent might not be able to. But just be aware, it's not unlimited trades. You may run out at some stage. Yeah, people have overlooked that so much, like myself included. I was lucky enough, well... I wasn't happy about it um, when the postponed season happened. We got all these trades, but I saved a couple of trades uh, after round one there. Um, so I'll go a little bit deeper, but so many people, as you said, are going to run out really early, not really early, but at those clutch times for the clutch games. So for the head-to-head grand finals and preliminary finals, you need to have a couple of um, trades up your sleeve to work with and pick based on those fixtures. So especially for head-to-head players, not as much overall, um, make sure you're keeping at least one a week up your sleeve for those, depending on how you're going, I suppose, on your on your ladders. Uh, guys, we did drop our uh, subscription prices for SC Playbook to $20 for the NRL package for the rest of the season. Uh, if you're a Big Bash Supercoach player, for the end of the year, there's a, a package for that and the rest of the NRL for $30. So if you are interested, jump in and get onto that. There's some good content from well contributors, including the subscriber special podcast we do where we make sure we get all of your questions answered. Um, if that's a little bit out of your price range or you're more into the podcast and not so much the uh, the content side of things, we do have a little donations tab if you wanted to contribute. Absolutely no drums if not. Lads, let's get into these teams because it is just – Absolute madness. I couldn't believe we were a little bit late recording today because it took me so long to get through them for the team analysis, but we'll get stuck straight into it. It's the Dragons and Roosters, Thursday, 7.50 p.m. at Wynn Stadium. Again, it looks like a dream matchup for the Roosters, but we've said that the last two weeks with the Roosters games against the Titans and Warriors, uh, and it just hasn't panned out that way, which has been much to our detriment. At the Dragons, Corey Norman's been dropped. Adam Clune returns from concussion in the halves. Trent Merrin also returns, taking the place of Jacob Host on the bench. Senny Ewan Aitken, Desi's boy, has been named despite a hamstring issue last week. At the Roosters, Josh Morris returns from a calf issue, allowing Satili Tupanua to return in the back row. Nat Butcher to the bench. Daniel Fafita drops out. Kyle Flanagan is out with Lachlan Lamb at halfback and Drew Hutchinson called up onto the bench. We don't know the word around Kyle Flanagan, but after a few grim weeks, uh, owners would have been very much looking forward to him paying the back with a big score against the Drags. Um, Desi, you love um, Aitken. You're a Flanagan owner. Dissect that for me, mate. Yeah. um, Yeah, well, I'm just going to ship off Flano. I think it's time. 
he just hasn't been producing against arguably the two weakest teams in the comp. And the Roosters just, they seem to be just running out of steam. I mean, the last two and a half years, it's got to pay a toll at some stage. Um, I still think they'll come out and win this one. Um, Teddy should be fired up for a big one against Dufty, um, who's also been playing extremely well for St. George. I just don't think the Dragons have the sort of attacking firepower to get through the Roosters' defence. Um, as you said, they've been heavily relying on Lomax and Aiken recently, but the Roosters' edge defence with Manu and, and Co should be able to shut that down. Um, in saying that, I still think Aiken's a really good centering pod. He's in my top four or five centering pods to finish off the year. Um, and also uh, for the Roosters, I like TKO as well in this one. I reckon he should go for a meat pie. Yeah, there's um, it's really interesting because as I said, the the Dragons have hit that bit of form, so it makes a few of their players interesting. Um, one that I was happy happier to see at lock was Cam McInnes. I sort of thought this week with Clune back, he would have gone back to that lock rail. Where I mean, I don't think it dramatically affects his scoring, but he just ran more, get the odd tackle bust, the odd offload, um, basically all just all those additional attacking stats that you accrue running the ball. Um, so I'm a little bit annoyed there, but I do still think McInnes is a keeper. He might not be what we thought he was with that sort of 80-plus average that he was ticking over for a while. Um, but while I wouldn't be rushing to buy Cam McInnes, he's also a guy this week with, we'll get to it later, but Harry Grant out, Cameron Smith out. Um, I'll look to probably swing to Hooker, which is um, good little flexibility. Um, Spy, what did you make of it all? There's a bit going on here, boys. Um, first of all, the weather for the weekend is set to be absolutely horrendous. I had a quick look through things, and the only matches that look like they're going to be dry at the moment are this one, the Chooks and Saints, Melbourne versus the Dogs at the Sunshine Coast, and the Titans-Cowboys derby up north. So <clears throat> all the other games are going to be super wet, and that's why I like to get plenty of players in Thursday night if you've got them. Um, Lomax finally had a low score last week Which was nice for non-owners I might be able to get him at a reasonable price If he keeps on keeping on Now that he's got that 25 in his rolling average Dufty keeps on delivering Gee, you can score some points, that guy Good on him um, I agree about Cam McInnes he, um, I was looking to get him in this week And I'm probably balking a little bit now That he's at hooker I don't mind him there still, as you said He'll still do, still do well But I much prefer him at lock Onto the Roosters, I have to slightly disagree with there, Desi, um, which we like to do. We love a good little footy argument. And I think, mate, with six or seven quality players to come back still, I think they're just timing their run nicely. They've been flat. They're probably in a hard training load or similar. At some stage, they're going to come out and blitz aside, and you'll say, yeah, the Roosters are back. Here they go. But, gee, it's been an interesting watch over the last few weeks. Um, I still hold – I still own Ikevalu. And I'm very happy to hold him for as long as he's playing on the end of that back line. He's also got a really good work rate. And, yeah, just happy to hold Ryan Hall similar if you own him. And Teddy, even though he was underwhelming the last two weeks, he still scored 80 last week. Like, that's how good he is. So, yeah, interesting match in the dry weather. Um, hope, hopefully get a few players on my side from this clash, lads. It was put down, Teddy's 80, as like an epic fail, which just shows how good he's like. You take an 80 from a captain any week, any day of the week. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know that the opposition was meant to be pretty easy, but oh yeah, the Warriors and the Titans did get up for the clashes. Um, Mitchie Orbson, who I brought in, unfortunately I didn't play him. I really wanted to play him, but then when Ryan Hall got named, I saw more upside in Hall, so I ended up playing him as my four centre wing, um, and Orbo ended up doubling his score. But with no Crichton, no Cordner, Orbo... Oh, look, he's got a he's got a negative break, negative sixteen break even. He's two eighty nine k. Oh boy, he, he could be a great buy still. That's guaranteed to make money, but you've got to think probably from next week onwards. I think that the Roosters draw gets a little tougher. Um, getting towards the business end of the season, that Cordner and Crichton won't be too far off. Particularly Cordner, who I think has been more rested than anything. Um, but yeah, I mean a lot of ownership amongst these Roosters players. So if they can't put a score, or if they can't beat the Dragons sort of semi comfortably, uh, it'll make for some interesting scoring again next week. Moving on to Friday night, the Seagulls versus the Warriors at 6pm at Lotto Land. Uh, not an overly exciting game, although the Warriors' form of late has been very admirable and it's making some good football to watch. At the Seagulls, Tavita Funa replaces Brad Parker at centre. Cade Cust is back at 5'8 for the injured Dylan Walker. Cade Cust, a bit of an interesting pod going forward, um, showing a little bit in glimpses. At the Warriors, Chanel Harris-Tavita starts at halfback following Blake Green's mid-season move to the Knights. 
Um, there's not a heap going on in this game, Supercoach-wise. You've touched on a few of them already in Jake Jaboyevich, Tohu Harris. I suppose the big one here, mate, is Jazz Tavanga. He's the, the hot... He's the hot property this week, um, and with these hooking injuries, mate, he's going to be a popular buy. Is he? Is he? You know, you said he's close to a must-have. Yeah, I'm bringing him in for Cam Smith. I'm just biting the bullet. I'm bringing him Jazz and Cleary. Um, I think they're both keepers, so you may as well just grab him. I mean, a, a lot of people will go um, Cam Smith, or they might even hold him. That they might go to uh, Brandon Smith as well as a nice pod. But I think Jazz. As he as he keeps getting fitter and fitter, his minutes will increase, and he's just he's producing eighties with like just offloads, tackle boss, making a ton of tackles in the middle. I just I don't think you can go past him. And as you yeah. said, the Warriors obviously playing some decent footy at the moment, coming off a nice win against the Tigers last week, and Manly got obliterated. So I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect from this one. But as you said, there's definitely super coach points on offer. Um, DCE, I really like this matchup for him. Um, he's still scoring points when Manly are getting battered. So, yeah. And Tohu as well, also top top ranked players should be starting to look at someone like him to sort of minimize the carnage um, in team lists like this week. Um, and also as an RTS owner, I'm hoping this game sort of opens up for him um, to potentially go big in. Yeah, some really, really interesting prospects here where, there, as I said, there hasn't really been – I mean, Tohu Harris just keeps knocking the door down as a buy. Not many people jumping in on and at that price. It's happy days if you want to do it. It looks like a great investment. Jazz last week, 84 points in 52 minutes, 37 tackles, 17 runs, six offloads. I suppose the big concern there is the minutes. Um, but, you know, he had that injury. He was out for a long time. The match finish would obviously be getting back there. We know he's a key player for them, particularly with his ability to get that second phase play going, which they look to be trying to get more of um, under Todd Payton. Um, Spy, what are your thoughts on Jazz? Is he coming into your side this week? Yeah, very likely, boys. I've got half an eye on Brandon Smith to replace Cam, but my worry there is that Smith could be back next week. That's Cam. And then I've got to use another trade. So I think it makes sense to bring Jazz in. As you said, the only risk is minutes at the moment. But even when he's playing 50, he'll probably still score you 60 to 70 points. He's that good. And, again, the new style of footy these days, the ball's in play. It's open. It really suits him. And plus, absolutely love him. So it's always good to, to own guys that you love. So I'm huge on, huge on Jazzy, and that does allow me to get Johnny Bateman as well. So that could be huge. We'll get to that later. My only question mark on Tohu Harris, boys, is he played 60 minutes last week, which hasn't happened for a long time. If he drops 20 minutes a match, he straight away drops straight out of keeper territory, although he'd still be solid. So I'd be very wary of buying him this week unless you think he's definitely going to go back to 80 minutes. But that's a very interesting watch, that. And the Warriors as well, to their credit, playing a little bit of good footy lately. So that's good to see. Yeah, yeah, good shout. I didn't actually see the toe who played 60. And if we do see Jazz play more minutes at lock, you know, maybe that'll impact um, Tohu as well. We'll we'll get some word from Walsh. We might be able to get Walsh to have a bit of a chat about the rotation there. Um, he's a Warriors fan and knows them inside out and back to front. So hopefully he can give us a bit of an insight there. Uh, Rabbitohs Broncos, Friday 7.55 p.m. at ANZ Stadium. Looks like a pretty good matchup for Supercoach scoring. At the Rabbitohs, they're unchanged with halfback and captain Adam Reynolds named despite going off with a burner last week. <clears throat> At the Broncos, more more changes as expected, like there is every single week with those. Anthony Milford is out for a month with a hamstring injury. David Fafita is finally back, thank God, for my draft side. Uh, been waiting a long time for that one. Brody Croft returns in the halves. Joe Offen Gowie goes to the bench, and Ethan Bullymore drops out of the 17. Uh, Desi, I'll start with you, mate, and get your thoughts on this game and anyone that takes your eye. Um, Katoni Staggs, obviously one who went sort of 120 last week, who's got to be a serious option at centre wing. Um, yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, I actually think the Bunnies will probably give the Broncos a hiding in this one. I mean, the Broncos have been pretty valiant over the last few weeks, but they just can't get the job done. They're not winning games, and I don't see that changing against uh, Wayne Bennett, coach South Sydney with Cody Walker looking to be in peak form and he's he's defending that um, Katoni Stag side. So it's going to be a, a bit tougher for Stags to go 120 this week, you'd assume. Um, yeah. yeah, you could see some B scores from the likes of Cook and Murray as well if they can open up the Broncos forwards. I think Haas and Carrigan have been giving it their all week after week, but there has to be a time 
where they just simply can't do it anymore. They've got to get tired um, of all the work around the rock and someone like Cook is going to have that sort of dummy half speed to exploit it. Um, and I just think Bennett's kept some of his style players a little bit fresher than some of the other coaches at this stage in the season and it may be time for them to sort of come out of their shells and I think they'll really want to show something and uh, put a score on the Broncos here. Mate, give us your thoughts. You've just said that um, Payne Haas um, is a guy, you know, who's worked his butt off all year. Um, there's got to be a time where he sort of just he, he gets gassed out. Something's got to give. You know, his scores haven't been massive of late as we have sort of saw at the start of the year. Um, you love your antipod, particularly for the people within the, the top probably 500 who need that big antipod, um, you know, going against the pack um, to get them forward. If you're ranked in the top 100 right now, would you be selling Payne Haas? Um, that's, that's a really tough question. I'd, I'd probably sell Carrigan for Haas. Um, I, I know Carrigan actually, like he's been outscoring Haas. He's been getting 80 while Haas has been getting 70. But yeah, I think there's got to be a time where you've got to sell one or if not both of these guys to guys like Junior Paula who just have, seem to be having high ceilings. They're playing for better teams. They're getting tries. This Haas just isn't getting the line breaks and tries that he was last year. Teams are just swarming over him. As soon as he gets the ball, there's like three, four guys just swarming onto him. But, yeah, he's, it's definitely something to think about. He could be could be the antipod you need, but I probably yeah. wouldn't do it if I was top 100 just yet. But yeah, Carrigan, Carrigan, I would. Yeah, the old Broncos probably he nailed it there with Haas. He just gets swamped every time he gets the ball. It's been it's just been a gripe of mine all year watching the Broncos play and watching them run one off the ruck, not running in pairs. It's literally something you learn in under sixes. Like I cannot emphasize that as anymore. You're told that to run up in pairs in under sixes. Um, they're just doing it one off, one off, one off. Um, and poor old Haas can't get any space to do any damage because of it. Um, Spy, what's your take on this game and particularly on? I suppose the two are Damian Cook, who, I mean, prior to Harry Grant's injury, there was an option to go Jazz over Cook and, you know, maybe you'd run with Grant and um, Jazz. But now that there's two um, key hooking injuries, it looks like just about everyone will be bringing in Damian Cook or a lot of them. So on him and Cam Murray, who played 18 minutes last week, which is what we've been waiting for all year, uh, but it was a result of injuries and his output wasn't great because he moved back to that edge. Yeah, it's um, Cookie's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, we know how good he can be, and his average is still good, um, but at that price, are there better options, like at 200k less in Jazz Tavanga, even McInnes at 150 less? He's really interesting. Broncos, they, that sounds funny, but they try really hard. As you mentioned, they, they go up in, sorry, they don't go up in pairs, they go up by themselves, they shoot out of the line a bit. It's almost like they're playing as individuals a little bit and just trying, they're not doing it as a team and not doing it smart. Um, one thing I've noticed is they're really flaky on the edges, the Broncos, whereas they don't, it's not often they get torn up the middle by someone like Cook because you can just go to the line, shift out wide, and guys like Cody Walker and your centers and wingers can just chime in and score the easiest of tries. So it'd be super interesting to see how Cook goes against Brisbane this week. That'd be a really interesting watch to see how often he runs the ball and how tight the Brisbane defense is going to play. Um, <clears throat> Cam Murray, I brought him last week, and... As you said, he played 80, but he went to an edge where his work rate isn't as good due to an injury. So obviously having to give him a pass mark there and can't wait to see him back at lock this week. Um, <clears throat> for Brisbane, the, the Rabbitohs defence is pretty, pretty flaky too, to be honest. Saints absolutely came out and blitzed him early last week, but then they fell away. So someone like Staggs who scored a hat-trick early in the year against South, I think it was. Who knows what he could do, plus the goal-kicking. He's got to be a serious option, even though he's in a side that's struggling a little bit. Gee, that boy can play football. He has a crack. He he's probably epitomises the side in that he'll make some defensive errors at, at times just from trying too hard, sort of racing out of the line, trying to shut something down. Um, but super coach wise he's got to be a real serious option. So I'll take a look at him. And <clears throat> on to your antipod thing, very interesting on Carrigan and Haas. Sorry, Carrigan and Haas. I agree with Desi. It's probably not the time to do it yet, but if you could ever pick the time where they're going to drop some minutes, it'd be a huge play. My concern would be that Seabolt's career and reputation's on the line a bit. So, is he really going to sit two of his better forwards for too long? Probably not. Is my guess at this stage. Um, so, really interesting match. I hope the rain doesn't upset it too much, but. 
Footy in the wet's been not too bad this year when it's rained, so really looking forward to this one on Friday night. Yeah, Pat Carrigan's been one of my stores the last, particularly the last five or six weeks, and I've sort of been wanting to trade him, not the last few weeks, but at a stage there, um, just playing big minutes, keeps knocking out the scores. Um, this is very much unconfirmed, but I did see something on Twitter which means pretty well nothing um, from a pretty well uh, un, not a great source either, but um, that maybe on on Monday it might have been, or maybe even this morning, they're just training in a non-contact beer ball with a rehab group or something like that. Um, so just be just monitor that throughout the week for anyone that does have Pat Carrigan in case there is any doubt over him. One thing I will say <coughs> with Dave Fafida back now, who will play big minutes on the edge, TPJ on the edge playing big minutes. Um, we've seen Matt Lodge has been named on the extended bench. Brisbane are close to a full forward pack, which we saw them get two really good wins early in the season with even Jake Turpin's back at nine. So the team starting to take shape, at least their forward pack anyway. Massive for guys in the back line. Obviously, Staggs is the only super coach relevant one. But more to the point, I just don't think Carrigan's minutes are maintained. I see him regressing to probably maybe 50 to 55 minutes. Um, yeah, maybe not this week. Yeah, so... I think Carrigan could, you know, fall out of that keeper status pretty quickly. Um, and prior to this week's injuries, I was probably looking to move him on to someone like Paulo or Papali, and I still might. Um, but, yeah, pro- probably worth a week um, to watch just based on how good he's been anyway. Uh, moving on to the Storm versus Bulldogs, Saturday 3 p.m. at Suntron Coast Stadium. At the Storm, Ryan Pappenhausen has been rested. Brandon Smith starts at hooker. Captain Cam Smith is set to miss a couple of games. Nico Hines starts at fullback. Justin Olam returns at centre for Marion Seve. Riley Jackson now, but Vede joined the interchange. At the Bulldogs, Offa Hickey Ogden moves into the starting side and Sione Katoa starts at hooker with Aidan Tolman, Jeremy Marshall and King moving to the bench. Remus Smith replaces Jack Cogger on the interchange bench. Um, not much to talk about at the Dogs aside from Raymond Fatala Mariner, who has been exceptional, but I'm worried. I think he scored in four of his last five games. So playing that Dogs outfit, particularly up against the Storm this week, I can see him going downhill big time, and I'm not convinced he's a keeper. I don't think the tries can keep up. Uh, a fair bit happening at the Storm. Desi, I'll get your thoughts and spy on Brandon Smith, who's an alternative to the other options like Jazz Tavanga and Damian Cook, who's very affordable at hooker. Um, and let me see if I can get this right for the first time this year. Tino, mm, I don't even know if I can do it. Big Tino, Big for some Malawi. I don't know. I practiced it before we started. I Big T. Big T. Big T. Um, Des, what are your thoughts on yeah them them fellas? Um, Brandon Smith and Big Tino. Yeah, I think if Brandon Smith, if playing eighty, um, yeah, he's a perfectly feasible straight swap for Cam Smith for however long he's out for. Um, just because his dummy half-running game so destructive makes him pretty fixture-proof. And it, it actually may be what the Storm need to crack an improving dog's defense. I actually I have my reservations about the Storm in this game. I don't know what to expect. Whenever the dogs and Storm meet, it's always a case of expecting the unexpected. And with the Storm missing um, their two most crucial players in their hooker and fullback against the dog's team who – always seemed to hit form for the last sort of seven, eight games of the season after coming off a close loss to um, what you'd say is a pretty strong Parramatta side last week. It's going to be definitely interesting. And Tino, um, yeah, I think he he's definitely a feasible pod if he's playing those minutes. He's he's super destructive. He's scoring tries. I don't see why not. If you're, if you're trying to chase ranks, he's worth a crack, I reckon. Yeah. Back-to-back tons for Big Tino. He is a serious pod. Um, Spy, what are your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, Big T, I talked someone out of him last week because I was really worried about minutes and thought he could be a trap at that price, but he played 62 minutes. I don't know if that was as a result of the Smith injury or anything like that, but he's an interesting one, isn't it? You'd probably... I don't know what his price and break even is, but you'd probably want another week to see that he plays 60 minutes again because if he's going to be playing 40 minutes, it's not someone you want on your side, that's for sure. Um, Munster and Hughes will be busy in this one, but as you said, the big one is Brandon Smith. If I knew that Cam was going to be out for like three or four weeks, I would 100% buy him without hesitation. But <clears throat> knowing Cam, and I've done the injury that he's done playing footy, which is the AC joint, so... I think I was back in two weeks and 
there's a fair chance Cam Smith's tougher than me. So um, I reckon he could even be back for the Chooks game next week or the week after. So there's a little bit of risk in Brandon just because Cam could be back at any time. Um, but, geez, going to be good to watch. And we don't have much of a sample on him either because, as we know, Cam Smith rarely ever gets hurt. So it's not often that Brandon gets the start at nine except for international matches. But I'll tell you what, every time he does for the Kiwis, he tears them apart. So, and even a one or two week play, it could be, it could be good. Be interested in your thoughts there, Timo. But, um, I'm looking forward to this one just to see what happens. Cause as Desi said, a bit of a hoodoo side, the dogs for Melbourne. So maybe that $6.20 or $6.50 for the dogs could be interesting, but you'd think Storm should be too good. But gee, it'd be, it's a big match. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm just not um, – Tino, to start with, oh, he's so tempted. He is a serious pod just based on talent alone. We know how good he is. He busts – I think mean, he had nine tackle busts on the week and he's scoring tries and just barreling over blokes. He's such a great pick up for the Titans next year. I'm so happy to see them get Dave Fafida and him um, to give a bit of give them a bit of strike on the edges. We've also seen him play 80 minutes on the edge this year. He didn't score that well, but um, just to show that at that size he can play big minutes is super exciting. Um, as far as the Supercoach buyer goes, unless he's just proven to be too good for Craig Bellamy not to play in bigger minutes, which he may well have done the last few weeks, they've got two 80-minute back rollers in Kenny Bromwich and um, what's his face, Felice Kafusi. Um, Dale Finucane plays sort of 60-plus minutes at lock, so I'm just not sure if he plays the minutes to become relevant enough as super coach, but he is a super, super pod to jump on. He's actually already owned by 10% of coaches, which I found interesting. Wow. Um, and then Brandon Smith. Oh, I'm tempted by Brandon Smith, but I'm, I'll delve into the records um, this week and try and get something out there content-wise um, to look at how he's gone playing big minutes at hooker for the Kiwis because – there's not much to go off at the Storm because Cam Smith never gets injured and we haven't really seen it. It's a very small sample size. Um, so, you know, I, I'm tempted, particularly now with Grant in a bit of strife with his injury, but um, we'll wait and see, but probably not for me. I think I'm just going to go go with Cook. Um, he's tried and tested. The Bunnies have that really nice draw coming up. Um, but, yeah, it is certainly something to look at. Um, lads, we'll take a little bit of a break from the teams there and go back to our bold predictions, which we started last week. Des, I'll start with you, and unfortunately, mate, I'm going to have to recap how you went last week. Teddy, Flano, and Kiri to combine for 320-plus points. I don't have the exact number, <laughs> but they'll flat out cracking 100. And then RTS to go 100-plus, no good either. Mate, what have you got this week? Oh, Something God. better. All right. Fine, Bella. <laughs> get, get I mean, it's good bold predictions. So um, I'm going to go Cook and Haas to combine for 200-plus in the Rabbitohs Broncos game. And secondly, I'm going to go Kalen Ponga 120 plus against the Tigers. I think it's a great matchup for him there. And the third one, I'm going against my man Nathan Cleary for under 70 against the Raiders. Yeah, I don't mind that one at all, mate. I, I didn't throw it in mine, but I I think it's particularly if it's going to be wet in Sydney, like could be very, very wet with all that rain for Friday, Saturday, and then into Sunday. Um, I think the the Raiders game, maybe Saturday night against Penrith, or it might be Sunday Sunday at two o'clock. Um, that could be seriously wet. Um, Spy, what have you got for us? Well, I'll jump in with well, you know, like, before you go. Yep, before you go. <clears throat> To recap on yours last week as well. I thought Des had a shocker. Cam Murray to score. Bow, bow. Tally out two tries. He got one. Teddy won 40 plus. 80. So, you know, halfway there. And then Ikevalu, two or three tries. Zero. Mate, that is horrendous bold predictions. Gee, the Chooks left didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they did. Oh, dear. Um, I'll steer clear of Teddy 150 plus this week because I'm scared off him, but he should still be good. And just on that, before I show, throw out my bold predictions this week, <clears throat> we were talking about this during the week, boys, but no Kyle Flanagan in the side. Who's the Roosters' goal kicker? We know Takiyaho kicks, but he often only plays 50-odd minutes. Is James Tedesco going to slot a few when, they, when he scores a few tries late in the game? What do you think? Wow, that is huge. Yeah, he... Um, Mate, I think he will. Yeah. I think he will. I'll, I'll, I'll have to get the side up and have a bit of a look at it, but I think you're right. We, we've said it before. We actually spoke about it last week, I think, where he, um, if Takiyaho was to go down at all – or sorry, not Takiyaho, if Flanagan was to, and Takiyaho wasn't to play 80, 
that it would be James Tedesco. That was the word at the start of the season. So unless one of these other guys can kick, I don't know, maybe like an Ikevalu or someone, but um, it could probably be Teddy. But I think we should be able to get word on that by Thursday night. But that is that's interesting. Are we yeah, sure TK like, won't play Teddy? Oh, he might be weak, but it just depends how they're going, yeah. I don't think they're going to play TKO 80 just to let him kick, just purely for the fact of kicking goals for extra 30 minutes. It's the Roosters. They're such a professional club. They'll have a third kicker that's raring to go and ready to go and can hit them decent enough for that 30-minute period or 20-minute period, whatever it is. So, again, they might not score a try in the 20 minutes that TKO is off, but imagine that, Eddie with a few goals to his name. That's it. Well, I'm going to add a bold prediction in. I'm going to add an extra one on the back of that chat. If Teddy is goal-kicking... He will score a try for himself to break his doubt, drought just so he can have a conversion. Um, that's my first one. My second one is Ikevalu, 100 plus. He's due after last week. My third one will be Haas, 100 plus. Not sure about this one, but he's just sort of due for something a little bit extra or a bunch of offloads, so lock him in. And my fourth one is Nathan Cleary to go sub 60 against the Raiders in the wet. That will be an interesting one. Mm, yeah, well, I can see you boys both in on that one there. Mm-hmm. Um, Spy with the bold prediction of James Tedesco not to score a try against the Dragons. I don't know how he came out with that. I mean, to score a try against the Dragons. Yeah. I don't know how he came out with that. No, that's <laughs> bold. minutes with Takiyaho off. <laughs> Lads, my my shoulders are getting a bit sore this year carrying you lot. Um, it's been a long year and we're, we're only a bit past halfway. But I did I did start with Teddy going 150 plus, which wasn't even close. But my other one was David Clement to score under 55. He went, he turned up the last week before in base, under 55. I think he got about 50. So um, we've got something going for us there at least. This week, Cam Munster to go 120 plus. Um, I was, I don't know if I'm happier or less happy with um, Pappenhausen now because Munster with no Pappy, no Cam Smith, is going to take up so much of the attack. Um, but obviously they're a weaker side as a result of it. So I'm not too sure, but I still do think he'll go mental. So 120 plus. Caelan Ponga, um, we'll get to it a little bit later, but um, with Blake Green coming into the halves, Kurt Mann going to hooker, um, you know, Green's an organiser, bit of a creator, but not too much. Kurt Mann was a ball runner. He was playing so well this year, so he got a lot of ball, and it was warranted based on his form. Um, I can just thinking Ponga maybe it's a little bit more attacking ball now. We've seen him play on that right edge a little bit more this year because Kurt Mann's been so good on the left. Um, I can see him playing a lot more on the left side with Kurt Mann now at hooker, which we know that means for his super coach scoring. So I think anyone who has Pappy, I'd be going straight to Ponga. I think Ponga's going to um, average close to 100 over the next month and will be towards 700K. Um, but anyway, for this week, I'll say 100 plus. And then I think for Tyler Mariner, um, sub 60 this week against the Storm. Um, so back to where we were at. We'll, um, where were we? Knights versus Tigers. Um, the Tigers. Yeah, where are Very professional out, outfit here at SC Playbook. Knights Tigers, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. At the night, Blake Green starts at 5.8, allowing Kurt Mann to shift the hooker in place of Chris Randall. Bradman Best is out. Tautel Moga is out, replaced by Gurmat Shibasaki and Stafford Toa, who starts on the wing. Anari Chuala shifts to the centre. Brody Jones replaces the suspended Pasami Solo on the bench. Heaps going on at the Tigers. Harry Grant, Alex Twole, both out injured. Moses Embai shifts to dummy half. Matt Eisenhuth back to lock. Tommy Talia moves to centre and new recruit, Asu Capeo debuts on the wing. Santa Joey Leilua returns from suspension, bumping Chris Lawrence to the bench. Luke Brock Brooks back in the starting halves. Billy Walters drops to the pine. Russell Packer returns from suspension in place of Ollie Clark at prop. Sam McIntyre starts in the second row with Luke going to drop to the reserves. I hope you got all that because that is a lot of changes in one side in one week. Um, Des, I'll get your thoughts on this game. A few key supercoach players, um, and I think the big one this week it's now going to be too much of a luxury trade with too many other issues to sort out. But going forward, what do we think of Kurt Mann at nine? Do we think that's better or worse for him as a super coach player? Uh, I think it's one of those wait and see. I mean, obviously his base is going to be a lot higher, but I still think he's he's definitely going to run it out of dummy half, which is not a positive. I think, yeah, I think it might actually be better for him. Um, I think he should average roughly the same without having to set up as many tries. So, I think he's definitely one to look at. One of the um, 
he's definitely in my top four center wing for the run home. But yeah, as you were saying before, I think this game just has KP written all over it, um, if I'm honest. So it's just the sort of game where he could go huge against a pretty suspect Tigers defense, all these changes everywhere. Makes me very uncomfortable as a non-owner. Um, obviously, Nofo, Luciano, other two big names in this clash. Um, not really sure what to expect from them. I mean, Nofo's proven um, that he's pretty much fixture-proof this year um, as his Kurt man. But I would have my reservations about playing Luciano this week if I owned him. So I think yeah. the Knights will win comfortably. Yeah. Well... Luciano was a guy that I was probably looking to move on. I think he's peaked in price at 600K. In fact, I think he definitely has. He's not an out-and-out gun. He needs attacking stats. We saw that last week. He had the try assist and the line assist in the opening minutes, and you're thinking, how good is this going to be? I actually played him for the first time in, in months. Um, but now with the other injuries to deal with, um, I'm a Ryan Madison owner who we'll get to soon, but he wasn't named again. So I might have to hold Luciano for this one week and probably play him. Um and I'm with you with Kurt, man. His form's been that good this year that O'Brien, I don't think he's going to muzzle his running game. It'd just be silly. He's running so well. He's scoring tries, busting tackles. Um, so he's based at hooker. A few weeks back, the game against I think it was the Bulldogs when Connor Watson, Andrew McCulloch went down injured. His tackling just went through the roof when he went to hooker. So attacking starts to be down a little bit, but I think his added base um, will make up for it. Although... He was averaging 37 in base this year anyway, so I don't know what to know with Kurt Mann, but I quite like it. Um, Spy, what are your thoughts on this one, mate? Big one on Kurt Mann. Um, my worry is a – well, I'm, I'm a non-owner at this stage, but I was having a serious look at him being named in the nine jersey, but with the added defensive load and Phoenix Crossland on the bench, does he play 60 minutes just purely because 80 in the middle is a big, big ask, especially for a smaller 5'8", so – Certainly if you own, there's no concern there. You just play him this week and see how it pans out. But just a little bit of a concern of what he will average if given lesser minutes. Conversely, if he starts playing 80 in the middle, jump on 100% because he's going to be deadly. He'll tackle heaps. He'll run all day. He's got a kicking game. He's such a good player, Kurt. I'm so happy for him. Um, agree on Ponga. He's he's also started to look quite good on the right edge, Ponga, in recent weeks. He's starting to look a bit more comfortable there. So if he can add some attack back on the left edge, mixed up with the right, then he could just go on a tear. Um, I'm pretty happy with how he's been playing at the Tigers. Agree with Nofaluma. He just works so hard in his base. He'll get the odd try, even against tougher teams. So I think there's nothing wrong with owning him. Um Moving forward, he'll still be an absolute gun and agree with Luciano. With all the injuries and the chaos this week, um, I would have liked to move him on at his peak price, but it's just I've got far bigger problems to deal with with guys not playing. So happy to hold him for another week. Hopefully he scores well. But, yeah, looking forward to this game. It's a big, big game for both clubs, sitting 7th and 10th respectively. So big match. Some some nervous Tigers and Knights mates out there, I'll tell you. Yeah. Panthers Raiders, Saturday, 7.35 p.m. at Panthers Stadium. Uh, this is going to be a corker of a game. Malachi Wittenis Lesniak returns on the wing for Charlie Staines at the Raiders. Charles Nickel-Cockstad returns dislocated finger at fullback. Jordan Rapana shifts to the wing, and the injured Sammy Valemi drops out. Charlie Staines has a break-even of negative 161. He could have made onwards of two hundred grand in one week, which we'll have to check with the guys at um, NRL Supercoach Stats, the gurus over there. But that could have been, pending what his score would have been, or will be on return, the highest single price right in Supercoach history. Like he bashed out two tons, I think. There was that massive ton in his debut game with four tries or three tries or something. Anyway, it's irrelevant because he's not there. Um, there's a few interesting players at Penrith, um, and aside from Josh Papali, who nothing's changed with, um, just your thoughts on John Bateman at the Raiders. Yeah, he's obviously a big in for the Raiders and a serious pod for super coaches. Um, he will be running at the edge of Luai and Crichton, so I wouldn't expect a great game for, from either of those two players. So I think Bateman might have the, uh, the wood on those two. Um, I expect most of the traffic to go down the Whiten and Cleary edge for that reason, um, which should make for a great game with both teams having pretty strong forward packs, pretty even forward packs, you'd have to say. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting game for Cleary and Whiten um, since Cleary's been on such a tear, but the Raiders' defense might be up for it. I definitely wouldn't try any sort of pod C 
moves on clear or anything like that in this game, put it that way. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great shout, mate. Two very good packs going toe-to-toe, um, both a little bit leaky on the edges this year, more so the Raiders. Penrith probably a little bit harsh on Penrith, but it does look like a game where the points will come from the edge. So whoever wins that battle in the middle will be just massive towards the result of this game. Um, Spy, I think you mentioned before, you're looking at bringing Bateman in this week. So get your thoughts on him. Uh, and then the other one is Appy Corusau, who, you know, a bunch of us sold the last couple of weeks when he got injured, missed a few rounds, um, which coincided with Smithy going nuts, Cookie going nuts. Um, with Penrith's run home, Appy went big last week on return from injury. He's got to be an option as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with bringing Appy into your side for Cam Smith. He, he'll be freshened up a bit after a week or two out. Um, <clears throat> do we know how many minutes he played last week? If you're, if you're looking to bring him in, just double-check that before you do bring him in. I'd still want him playing 70 or 80 to be a really elite buy. 70, 73 minutes for him. <clears throat> okay, interesting one, and they won pretty easy. So that's probably, like a lot of guys in Supercoach, the only real concern concern his minutes there if he's playing 70 to I probably want closer to 80 minutes then I think he's a fantastic buy as you said great run home Jerome Luai is another bloke I would have liked to have moved on or downgraded this week but again with the carnage I might be forced to play him and against the Raiders that's a little bit risky but he does have a reasonable base so hopefully he can deliver or I might be able to play someone like Tommy Talao Big decision to make there. But on the Raiders side of things, Johnny Bateman, mate, he'll want a big finish to his NRL career. Uh, I would assume he won't be back after this season. He's obviously going home to be with his daughter and his family. So watch for him just to finish with a bang. Raiders have a pretty reasonable run home. And, again, under the new rules, he's going to be running and tackling more if that's possible. Raiders need offloads, so he'll be offloading the footy. And, yeah, I'm excited to own him. I'm just going to jump aboard straight away. Yeah, yeah, such a good player to own. He's so exciting. Um, we know he can score score big. As I said, he'll, he'll be really revved up for the rest of this season. Um, so a serious option for anyone, particularly people that still have Ryan Madison there, like myself. I might look to go to someone like John Bateman. Sunday, 2 p.m. at Seabus Super Stadium, Titans-Cowboys. This will not be the most enthralling affair. Um, look, I'm not. we're going to skip straight past it with Supercoach-wise because I don't think there's anything to touch on. I will talk about the teams quickly. Sam Lasone returns on the bench in place of Sam Stone at the Titans. At the Cowboys, Michael Morgan is finally back from a shoulder injury at halfback in place of Jake Clifford. Ben Hampton is retained at 5'8". Tom Opacic returns at centre with Justin O'Neill going to the wing and Murray Tuolagi out. Josh Maguire is an interesting option as well. He's back from suspension at prop, pushing Francis Milo to the bench. Jake Granville and Emre Perrier, good pronunciation, have been called up on the interchange. Mitch Dunn starts in the back row with Shane Wright, Gavin Cooper, and John Asiata all out of the side. Really disappointing here to see, from a Supercoach perspective, Jake Granville named on the interchange because had he not been, I think Reese Robson was a really interesting option, particularly with the matchup at hooker um, for Cam Smith or potentially Harry Grant. But with Granville there, I can't see Reese Robson playing 80, so it just stifles him a fair bit. Um, Jason Taumalolo finally scored his second try of the season last week and turned up. I think he's a really good captaincy option this week, provided Queensland gets good weather um, with all the rain predicted in Sydney. We'll cut forward to Sunday, 4.05pm, the last game of the round, Sharks-Eels at Jubilee Stadium. At the Sharks, Josh Dugan returns at centre for his 200th NRL game alongside Jesse Ramian. Rookie Jackson Ferris is out injured and suspended, double blow. CSC for Talakai moved to the second row with Britton Cora drop. That's a big news, a big call from John Morris there. Matt Moylan returns in the hard and plays Braden Trindle. And now the Eels, Ray Stone replaces Bad Takarangi on the bench. Still no Ryan Madison. I was really hoping he'd be there this week, but um, hopefully it means good things for him going forward with uh, a bit of a rest on his melon if he does come back next week. Desi, like anyone here, mate? Yeah, what a game to end the week on. It's absolute feast for Supercoach. Um, Obviously, the Eels, you've got Moses and Gotho looking back to their um, 2019 form. Guys like Paulo, Campbell-Gillard leading the pack with big minutes. Should be hard to stop for a pretty young Sharks forward pack. Um, obviously, SJ and Kantoa, the big names of the Sharks. They'll be running it, Dylan Brown and Sean Lane, um, which might be very hard for them to crack given they're both exceptional defenders. So most teams have actually been trying to target the side um, of the Eels defensively there, but Brown's just been up to it each week. So I think if the Sharks are to have any sort of chance, I think SJ will have to wrap around to that left side and start running at Moses since he doesn't have Maddo there. 
Um, in any case, I think the Eels are just too much attacking firepower for the Sharks in this one and should win 13-plus, I'd say. Yeah. With the, um, with the rain forecast, with how good Parramatta are, this is a game where prior to the team list that just dropped, I'd have been looking at probably resting resting Sean Johnson from my side this week, not playing him in my 17. Um, this one really worries me for him as an owner. He's well-owned, so that, that's one thing about it. But with all the injuries we've seen and changes, um, I think I'll probably be forced to play him. Not that that's a huge issue because he's in unbelievable form at the moment. Um, but, yeah, he's another one who might be one for the bold predictions who could I mean, go pretty low. He, he does score um, well in wet weather, though, doesn't he? We, he's mate, we saw him score 100 and. 100 plus on the Dragons the other week. He can force the dropouts. Yeah. So you never well, know. Yeah. Um, Spy, I'll get your thoughts on this, mate. You brought in Mike Acevo last week. Seven points. Are you holding or are you selling? Mate, I'm definitely holding, but I'll tell you what, way to ruin a Sunday, Arvo. I just sat down in the lounge. The sun was out. Double game of footy. Wife and kid were in bed sleeping. I was like, how good is this? Sevo pumped out seven. <laughs> And absolutely killed me. Um, but he's the kind of bike he can do that. I didn't expect that low. I was thinking more like a 20 as a base, but he's the kind of bike who would come back and score 140 any given week. So, mate, I've bought him in now. I've got to hold him, see what happens. I'm devastated about the rain because Sharks was one of those matchups I preferred even more than the Bulldogs, who can turn a game into a grind at times. Now the rain's hit. I really hope it doesn't impact swinging the ball too much, but hopefully Gutherson can pick up Sevo for a couple of tries this week. But gee, it was a tough watch. He just, nothing was going his way. Couldn't get the ball. Absolute dagger. But he'll be back hopefully. So I think if you're an owner, hold on and just see what happens there. Um, and outside of that, you boys have covered already. There's, it's a good game ahead. And I think Shawnee Johnson, I agree, in, in the wet, should hopefully get at least a few repeat sets in there for you. But um, interesting to see how this one plays out. Yeah. Sevo had seven runs last week and only one of them was over eight metres. How you can be that size running from the backfield and get one run over eight metres is mesmerising to me. Um, Junior Paulo is a guy I really want to bring in this week. Um, based on the information on Pat Carrigan and um, a few other guys, maybe go and possibly Carrigan to him. Um, 103 points last week, no signs of any back spasms that hurt him a couple of weeks ago, uh, averaging 63 minutes a game over the last three weeks, offloading like crazy. He's still at 574K, so I think a serious buy this week, um, someone that, yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully be bringing him in this week. Desi, uh, what are your trades for the week, mate? Um, yeah, I'm trading now Cam Smith to Jazzy Tavanga, and second trade's going to be Flano to Cleary. Flano to Q, nice. And your captain? Yeah, I think I'm just going to straight captain Teddy against the Dragons on Thursday night in the dry weather. I was considering the VC on Teddy and the C on Cook um, against the Broncos, but I still have some pretty suspect AAE players on my bench like the Hammer, so I'd rather just straight C on Teddy and remove any AE element to my 17. We all know he's still the best player in the comp right now, even though the Roosters are looking a little worse for wear, but I can still see him sort of destroying the Dragons for a comfortable 100-plus yeah. score. That's it, mate. 80 last week and we were disappointed, so I'm, I'm with you. Um, Spy, what are your moves for the week? Yeah, at this stage, boys, I've got a bit to assess after the team list dropped, but I'm probably going to go Cam Smith to Jazzy Tavanga as well and Bradman Best. I'll just get wait for an injury update on him, but it looks like he could be a little bit more long-term, so I can flip one of my back rowers into the centres and get Johnny Bateman in for Bradman Best. So I'm pretty happy with that trade, those couple of trades. And, yeah, sticking with Teddy as captain. If it's dry weather Thursday night, lock him in and hopefully get back to his best. Yep, huge couple of trades there. Um, mine are really up in the air based on the teams that just dropped, but Smith to Cook, I'd say I'll be locking in. I'm hoping people go away from Cook and he stays a little bit of a pod. Um, Carrigan, then probably uh, my second one's really up in the air, but maybe Carrigan to Paulo or Papali. Um, and then I think I'll be putting the C on Teddy on Thursday night. I'll say it over and over again, but I love a Thursday night captain because it scares people off them no matter how good they look. Um, but I am eyeing off Munster as well against the Doggies. They're hopefully in a dry day game, um, which I think he could go very, very big. Let's get into a few questions, boys, then wrap it up. Starting with a mighty Raiders fan, Adrian Gomez. Desi, he asked, best out and can't afford Nofaluma. I was thinking Stags or Luttrell. Uh, who would you choose out of Stags or Luttrell, or is there any others that he should be looking at? Um, 
You probably have to, you'd probably have to go Stags. Just I think his attacking firepower is a bit bit more than the trolls at the moment. Although the the bunnies are due to start of putting on some B scores, but yeah, I'd I'd probably go Stags. Spite. I'd definitely go Stags there, especially with the goal kicking. Yeah, I think you I think you nailed it there. I think the goal kicking is the big factor. Um, and as I mentioned before, with that Broncos forward pack back in action. I'm not sure how their defense will go, but they should start winning a lot more of the battles up the middle, um, which is huge for Stags. Milford's also out. So they've got Croft and Deedon in the halves, who aren't going to create too much. So Stags is going to be getting so much early ball as a focal point of their attack. Um, I think Stags is a really good buy this week. Um, and Luttrell, I don't mind Luttrell as a pot either, but I think Stags is probably the man. Um, Lachlan Squeak Schofield asks, who is a better buy this week, Jazz Tavanga or David Fafita? Des? Jazz to Vanga, no-brainer. Spite? Jazz for sure, Sko. Um, I'm very intrigued on Fafita and I can't wait to see how he goes, but first week back after three months, no, nah, Jazzy for me, mate. One for you, Spy, because you own them both. Daniel O'Connell asks, would you trade Sivo ahead of Ikevalu? If I had to keep one, I would definitely be, keep, be keeping Ikevalu, yeah. Um, he's playing good footy. Sivo... He's up and down. You may miss his 150, but you may miss a 13. So I'd be keeping Ikevalu out of the two of them. Yeah, Ikevalu last week scored 70-odd. I think he had 26 runs, which is mental. Um, and playing that rooster side, the tries have got to come eventually, surely. Um, Jeremy Bassard asked, bringing Cleary or Munster this week, Des? Yeah, I, I saw this question a bit earlier. I had a long think about it, especially with Munster getting the goal kicking. Um, and a lot of traffic's probably going to go his way, but I still think Cleary. I'm still going to stick to my guns and say Cleary will be the highest averaging player by the end of the season. Um, I think he's a must-have. So is Munster, but I think Cleary's just an edge better than him. I'd go. I'd go Munster in this one purely for this week, um, but I'd only be doing it on the basis that you can definitely get Cleary in next week. I just think, I mean, you boys both had in your bold predictions that Cleary goes low by his standards this week. My one said that Munster goes 120 plus. Um, I think definitely Munster this week if you can get Cleary in next week. Um, Spy, which way would you go? Exactly your thoughts, mate. But the way injuries are going, I would, I'd still probably just want to lock Cleary into my team and have him in there just in case more chaos hits. That's the only, only factor. But Munster this week, I agree. But, Cleary's just that long-term guy you really, really, really want. And with their run home, I'd probably bring him in. Yeah. Question from Big Rog, uh, which is one that I have the exact same question, so I'm interested on your thoughts. Des, Paulo or Papali this week? I think Paulo. I think Paulo's a keeper on those minutes. You said he's averaging 63 minutes over the last three rounds. I mean, he's just throwing offloads everywhere. He's, he's an absolute wrecking ball, um, like Fanua Blake, but he's just throwing them. He's creating try assists. He's making tackles, making runs. I think I think you just have to have him at this point. Uh, he'll be the next player I'm bringing him ne- next week for sure, especially yeah. at the price he's at. Spy, who would you go? Yeah, I think I'd lean Paulo as well. I'm probably with you there. Um, and while we're on it, boys, is – is Campbell Gillard becoming an option? I said no last week, but he's pumped out another 73 minutes. Madness. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, it's something I, I'd say over and over again, but I just want a, a prop forward or front rowers with ceilings, um, and that's why I want Paulo or Papali. Um, I just, I don't think Campbell Gillard's got the ceiling there. I know he turned up last week or the week before, should I say, but that was with a try and I think a line break there and Campbell Gillard isn't getting too many of them in his career in, in the back end of this year. So probably not for me. What do you reckon, Des? Yeah, he's not, he's not really one you'd, like, it's not really a death ride without him, you know. You, you're not scared to not own him. Yeah. Whereas Fuller you are, so, yeah. Yeah. With you. Um, and then a re- really good one to finish from Judd Cobb. <clears throat> Asks, we touched on it a little bit, but would you abandon all Tigers players from round 15, even Noffa? The run home is looking a little nasty. Their fixtures for the run home are the Roosters, Panthers, Sea Eagles, Rabbitohs, Storm, and Eels. That's from round 15, which is brutal. Um, Des, and Noffa's probably the prime example. Would you be looking at getting rid of them? Um, yeah, I'd get rid of everyone but Noffa. I still think he'll score pretty well. Just. 
based off the amount of runs he has, and he'll tackle bust against these teams, even the, even if they are the best six teams. Um, I, I'd hold Nofar. I think he's a center wing keeper, probably the number one center wing. Uh, so I wouldn't sell him, but I'd sell everyone else like Luciano and whoever else who's relevant. Yeah. yeah. Spy, would you you be getting rid of all your Tigers? And Nof was the main one. Yeah, look, I probably would be looking to send most of them on, but if this is exactly what I would do if I was a Nofaluma owner, is they play the Chooks in round 15. That would almost act as a trial match for me. If you look good against them, then you should look good against most sides. But if you really struggled, that's when you'd start asking questions about him, but not before that. Yeah, I like that's a great shout. Um, and then yeah, hopefully, hopefully makes twenty plus runs in that game and really gets around the hard work in the tough game. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, Desi, that's all for tonight, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Pleasure as always, boys. Cheers, Spite. Cheers, lads. Good to be back again, lads. When we recap our bold predictions next week, let's hope you've sorted yourself out and got a few right. <laughs> anyway, cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.